0: Morning's reading is coming from Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 11, and that can be fa- found on page 1179 in the Red Church Bibles if that's what you're using. <coughs> Excuse me. So, again, that's Philippians chapter 2, we're reading from verse 1 to 11 on page 1179 in the Red Church Bibles.
1: Good morning everyone, good to see you all. A reminder, who here would usually be at Sunday Club at this time, show me your hands, teachers too. Okay, reminder, this is available if you want to do that worksheet and I'll try and let you know when I'm given the answers to those. Feel free to draw on it, write your answers all the way through. Okay, first question for everyone, just shout out for me, what are some things that we do only at Christmas or more at Christmas? Eat Brussels, eat Brussels sprouts. Yes. Very good. Some more? Say again? Break crackers. Good. Yeah, one more. trees in our house. Trees in our house. Yeah. Give gifts. Probably eat a bit more food than usual. Maybe have guests. Maybe be a guest somewhere. A few more church events a lot of the time. Now, have a think about yourself doing all of these things over the last couple of weeks and over the next couple of days. And as you think about doing those things, now look with me at Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfishness ambition. Do you ever read the Bible and think, that might be impossible, to do nothing out of selfish ambition? What is selfishness? This is our first question, if we've got a worksheet. Maybe we know selfishness is is wanting yourself to do well and not others. And it's something that comes out in the things that we say and we do, but it's also an attitude that we can have, a mindset. So some examples um, of selfish ambition. In the Simpsons Christmas episode, the snow is coming down and Homer gets Bart and Lisa out to the front of the house to show them the lights. And he gets them ready, very excited. And okay, they're in the darkness, plugs them in and then just a damp squip. Half of them aren't working, the ones that are are really dim and they're kind of fluttering and it's just awful. And just as he's starting to feel sorry for himself, Ned Flanders next door shouts over, Homer, I'm putting on the lights, what do you think? And he puts his on and boom, they're glowing, they're bright, breathtaking, every one of them is working, there's a big waving Santa, And Homer just mutters something under his breath, all grumpy. Oh, they're too bright. You big show-off. Can you relate? Can you see his selfishness in what he was doing? On how it came out in his relationship with his neighbour? Maybe um, you give out a gift on Christmas Day. And as you do it, you're thinking, oh, I hope that he gets some joy out of this and appreciates it. But you're also thinking, I hope he realizes how hard it was for me to find that. How much time it took me, and that I went three euros over budget. <laughs> I was then um, peeling the price tag off a little gift that I had got someone, and I had paid 10 euro for it, so took that off. And as I did, I saw the original price hidden underneath the original price had been 20 euro, and I thought, oh, if only I'd left that on. (laughs) They would have thought I spent twice as much as I did. Aren't we always concerned with ourselves, even in our giving? At Christmas, we can even receive selfishly too, can't we? So you you go over to the in-laws for dinner, and the smell of the roast turkey and the gravy is just wow. And on one hand, you're thinking, I cannot wait to sit down and eat that. But on the other hand, you're thinking, I never get mine right. I'm I'm jealous. I can of hope she burns it so she doesn't look so good. We can receive with selfish ambition. Now, earlier in Philippians, in chapter 1, verse 17, 17, we're told that some people are preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry. And it just goes to show that we can, we can find a way, can't we, to do anything selfishly. There we're preaching Christ that way. We can serve at church that way too. So again, you know, you're, you're hoovering up after volunteering at a church event. And you're starting to feel hungry. And you're looking at the clock and you're thinking about going home. But the main reason you're not is because you think it looks better if you stay. What will other people do? Think of me. And in a way, those are are small examples. But they show that we have this problem in here, in our hearts and in our minds. And that little problem we know can grow and fester into a really serious one. Like if you get a cut and get an infection, it might seem like nothing at the time. But if you let it grow, it can lead to really serious problems and selfishness can be the same. And it can lead to real falling out. It can lead to families being divided, churches being divided. And so as much as Christmas is the time for giving and thinking of others, it's also an opportunity for us to just be selfish too. It can, that could can be hidden, behind what we're doing and it can be mixed in with other good motives and it can ruin the things that we're doing in for ourselves and in the eyes of God and yet here in Philippians 2 verse 3 we're told do nothing out of selfish ambition so the question for us is how how can we learn this how can we not have selfishness in here And again, Christmas is a time to learn this, isn't it? So next question, who can tell me something about Scrooge? What do you know about Scrooge? Who was he? No one's heard of Scrooge, I'll tell you. Okay, Scrooge is a businessman, rich, hates Christmas, finds it miserable, doesn't celebrate it, and doesn't want anyone else to celebrate it. And yet over the story of a Christmas carol, he sees the consequences of his mindset and he's frightened into change. And by the end of the story, he is a changed man and he celebrates Christmas and he's generous and he gets the turkey and gives it to Tiny Tim and pays his workers properly. He learned the lesson over Christmas and he really changed. Or think about the Grinch. Pretty similar. He hates Christmas. He's miserable at Christmas, so he wants everyone else to be miserable at Christmas, at least for most of the story. But by the end, he loves it and he's generous and he gets the gifts and gives them all back. Great stories. And they inspire us to not be selfish, to want to change like they did, to Verses three and four, look out for the interests of others, value others above ourselves. But do they leave us inspired and wanting to do that, but still unable? Still finding that when Christmas 2024 rolls around, we've still got that selfish mindset. Coming out in small ways, coming out in big ways. Are we still as selfish as Scrooge and as green as the Grinch? Thankfully, there is another Christmas story, one that actually helps us to change. You see, and this is another worksheet question, unlike Scrooge and the Grinch, Jesus actually helps us change. Can you see the Christmas story as you look down to verses 6 to 11 in that poem? This is about Jesus, son of God, lowering himself by becoming a baby, becoming a human, who grew up into a humble and obedient man and died before later being raised and lifted up to life. So Jesus, the baby, born into the most unimpressive stable in the manger. Born there in the interests of others. Jesus, who had access to all of the power of God, but never once used that for selfish ambition. Jesus, the servant who healed and fed and taught, and as he did, if you were to read his mind, what was his mindset? Always the interests of others, 100% all the way in, not even a trace of selfish ambition for him. Jesus, who died in shame because he valued others above himself. Jesus who died for you and me because he valued us above himself. And so these verses and the rest of the Bible are showing us Jesus' selflessness, but they also show us how we can change to become like him. And I think that comes a little bit earlier on if you look at verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, that's his spirit, if you have those things. In other words, what Paul is doing here is saying, if these things are true about you, then it will become possible to do verse three, to not have selfish ambition. Any request like that here and elsewhere in the Bible is always possible because of Jesus. If we are united with him, if we have first received his love, his selflessness, and share in his spirit, then not, be- not being selfish becomes possible for us. Trying to change ourselves won't work. In the end, we'll just find ourselves going in circles, either feeling really discouraged because I can't do it, I'm still the same as I was. Oh, we'll feel like we're doing well, and we'll be proud. Go me. Well done me. There's a famous quote about humility, and it says, Humility is a strange thing. Once you think you've got it, you've lost it. Trying to change ourselves, we won't be able. But Jesus can change us. He can remove our selfish ambition and replace it with looking out for the interests of others. He has done that himself and what he has done means that's possible for us as well. His life of selflessness cancels out your selfishness. So again, this is one of our questions in our worksheets, the one about the drawings. If you listen to this story, this should help you with that bit. Here's how Rico Tice explains the the Christmas story. He says, imagine God has a Christmas tree. And under that Christmas tree are two presents. And one of them is lovely. Perfectly wrapped, nice and big, shining. And you can tell the care that has gone into that, that is a great present. Perfect bow. The other one is all torn and crumpled up and a bit broken, not been put together well, and it kind of smells. And you just know to look at that, that's not a good present. And he says that the first present is from Jesus, and the second present is from people like us. You see, Jesus became a baby, lived the life of a human, so that he could live a perfect selfless life as a gift for his father. That first gift is Jesus' life for his father, pleasing to him perfect. But of course the second gift is our life. When you ever think about your life, your mindset, your heart, yourself at Christmas, is it a good and pleasing gift for God or not so much? Because of our selfishness and many other things, it's not, if we're honest. But Jesus became one of us So that he could take us and say, Let me put your name on the name tag of my gift. So that God would look at Jesus' life and be pleased with us. God looks at Jesus' life and is pleased with us if we trust in Jesus and say, I need you. If we are united with Christ. And if we're united with Christ, that also means being empowered by him, made able to change, having the help of his spirit so we can have his mindset so that our ambition will not be for ourselves, but for him. We'll care more about making him know and making him look good than always wanting what's making us look good. Because one day, everyone will see that as these verses in Philippians show us. They will bow the knee to him and see how great he is in his obedience and his selflessness and his love. And so can we see how that makes a difference to us even this Christmas? We can now go and follow his example. When we're we're told in the Bible to follow Jesus' example, it generally tends to say, It doesn't say go and have the power of Jesus or even the wisdom or knowledge of Jesus in what you do. It tends to say either go and suffer like Jesus or here, go and have his other's first mindset. For him that meant death, but much smaller day-to-day examples for us count as well. So we can give our gifts to our friends and not be too worried about what they think of us or how we come across in that, because we know God is already pleased with us. As we said earlier, God looks at us and sees Jesus' generosity. We can have Jesus' mindset, not just doing things because they look good, because it's out of a genuine, deep, caring interest in others love for them, thinking of them as being more valuable than us. And maybe the more we do that, the more it becomes natural to us, the more we think more like him and less like us. Like if you're, you're learning the piano, initially everything seems forced and difficult, but the more you do it, the more natural it becomes, and the more you realise that's just who I am now. That's the way Christ works with us as we look to put others first. Or we can receive without this selfish ambition as well. We can go and enjoy others' lights and enjoy their cooking and not feel jealous because it's not about us versus them. Instead, we're happy for them. And we want to lift them up. We don't see them as rivals because we know that is what Christ is like. Or we can serve at church and not always wonder who saw, who saw. But do it because we know God sees and he's pleased. And do it because it's good for others. Thinking, I'm going to go and do that job. Because if I do, then she won't have to. And at the end of the day, her time is more valuable than mine in this moment. And this is an area we can all grow in. But I can really see selflessness in Things that I've looked at as I've done church with everyone here over Christmas. Someone working away at a job they know that they're not going to get much credit for, but doing it away, cheerfully, anyway, as well as they can. Or I remember someone whose work and service was quite inconvenienced. You know the way at this time of year there's lots of stuff happening in the building that's um, unusual, unusual and different, and so their routine and their kind of plan was upset a little bit, but he just got on with it, selflessly cheerfully, because he knew that the work he was doing was good for others. With Christ, we can learn to serve selflessly. So, go and watch A Christmas Carol. Apparently, no one has already. Go and watch The Grinch, and be inspired to change. But also, go and watch Jesus, and trust in him, and you will be changed, because his selflessness cancels out all our selfishness. Amen. If you've had a go at this, come and find me, and I can give you a little prize for that, kids and adults. And Aubrey's going to lead us as we
0: do our final song. What's our final song? Oh, Holy Night. night.